a Telltale Pod production. Spirit Bird by Jasbinda Belan Chapter 24 The source of the river Ganges must be over there, whispers Jivan, looking towards a line of people that snakes its way along one side of the hall. We get behind a man wearing nothing but a dhoti. The length of bright orange fabric wrapped around his waist and fitted through his leg to make a typical yogi's outfit. He must be freezing. Look at his hair, I say. It falls all the way down to the floor in long matted locks. I bet he spent all his life visiting temples, says Jivan, beaming from ear to ear. I wouldn't fancy brushing that, though. I nudge Jivan. There's a priest at the head of the queue, wearing orange flowing robes that skim the ground. He dips his fingers into a brass bowl, flicking holy water over the milling crowds. Blessings! Blessings! he calls. Blessings to all the pilgrims who've made this journey! He hurls rose and marigold petals into the air. The Holy Ganges honours her visitors. The sound of roaring water becomes louder as we move closer to the front of the queue. I'm going to say my prayers for my brother, as well as my ma and pa, says Jivan. I think he'd really like that. We link arms and together we approach the exact spot where the Ganges is born. Welcome, says the priest giving us a smile that makes his eyes almost disappear. Where are your parents? We travelled here together, says Jivan, and we're on our way to Zandapur to find Asha's papa. Yes, uh, and I'm Asha, and this is Jivan, and we're from Manali, he says. So, Jivan and Asha... The priest picks up a gleaming silver bowl, dips his finger into it and paints thick red dye between my eyebrows and then Jivan's. Here's your red pilgrim's mark. Now everyone will know what you've done and how far you've been. Thank you, I bow my head, breathing deeply and move further forward towards the source. At last, we're right at the very spot where the River Ganges springs from a rose-coloured rock and cascades into a huge marble-edged pool. There are pilgrims bathing right below the opening, which is about five times as wide as my outstretched arms. The water splashes everywhere, sending fine lacy mist travelling up into the air. Look how fierce it is! I say, mesmerised. Wow! How do you think they built this temple? 
all the way up here? asks Jeevan. All I'd need is a boat and the water would take me straight to the whole of India. Don't be silly, I giggle. It'd take forever to get round the whole of India. Shall we do our offerings now? I place the flower garland that Nahul's little sister, Tinu, gave me on the floor and take a space next to Jeevan beside the pool. I slip my hand into the bundle and search for the plait I cut off in Sonohar and carry it all the way, especially for this moment. I hold it, coiled in my palm, ready to offer it up. I close my eyes and meditate on my offering for the holy river Ganges, the daughter of the mountain. I clasp the pendant to my chest and try to connect with the spirit of my Nanaji and all the daughters in my family who've ever worn the necklace before me. I feel the ancient rhythms spanning across time, reaching out to me as if I could almost touch them with my fingertips. Please, daughter of the mountain, I bring this offering to you as I have seen in my visions. I have come to honour you, just as you came to earth to help us in the past. Will you come to my aid now? Lead me to Papa. Please let my family be reunited. Give blessings to all those who've helped me. Above all, for my friend Jivan. I especially thank you for saving his life. Without his help, I could never have made this journey. And for my dear Nanaji and all the daughters of my family. I place my feet at the edge of the pool, my toes curled around the smooth marble rim and jump in, releasing my plait into the icy water. The holy water covers me completely, swallowing me up into its swirls of cascading froth, my lungs gripped by iron fingers, the freezing shock sucking away my breath. The water parts as I burst to the surface, just in time to see my dark plait of hair disappear through the channel and make its way outside with a holy river Ganges filled with snow melt and monsoon storms will carry it down the mountainside. Cold drops of water bead and drip over my head and onto my face. I'm standing shoulder deep in the pool, my teeth chattering. Jeeva, can you pass me the diva? Be careful not to let it go out. He takes the clay diva in the palm of his hand and slowly holds it towards me. I lean across to the garland, pluck a white flower, place it in the diva and float it in the pool, pressing my palms together to finish the ritual. It's your turn now. I lift myself out and sit on the edge, my breath rising and falling in time to my dancing heart. Jeevan gives a worried smile. Do you think my ma will be proud of me? Of course she will, Jeevan. She'll be amazed by what you've done. I promise. Here goes then. Bath time! Jeevan jumps into the pool, vanishing beneath the bubbling water for a few moments, then stands in the water, closes his eyes and says his prayers.
As my thoughts drift to Papa in Zandapur, then Ma back home, I feel warm, familiar hands on my shoulders. Asha, Asha, my love, the thunder brought you for me to love. Do you remember how you asked me to sing this over and over again so you wouldn't have to go back to the dreams of past lives that woke you screaming in the night? I held you close and you traced the bumpy veins in my old wrinkled hands, telling me they were the rivers flowing down to the sea. I feel a blanket wrapped around me and everything is perfect, like the warmth of sunshine when your eyelids are closed. My pendant rocks. Nanaji? I look around, scanning the hall for the soft folds of her embroidered sari where I used to hide. Her song still echoing in my head, but there's no one there. Jivan gets out of the water and sits beside me. So cold! He says, shivering, tying his hair back into the top knot. Little strands have come loose and stick to his face. What's the matter? He asks. Something strange just happened. I think my nanaji was here. I stare back into the pool. Really? I blink and take a deep breath. Maybe everything will turn all right after all. I pull an edge of blanket and tuck it round her shoulder. She put this on me. I was shivering. It was probably the priest. Why do you never believe me? It's not that I don't believe you. He tightens the blanket. We're just different. It'd be boring if we were all the same, wouldn't it? He nudges me. I'm Mr Science, remember? Yeah, exactly. I take out the mangostone I planted on our first night away from home and place it beside me as I listen to the pilgrims chanting. The golden glow of all the divay shimmering in the water makes everything look magical. I bend towards the pot, looking for any sign of a shoot, but the soil is still bare. Maybe the holy water will make it grow. I scoop a palmful of the cold Ganges water and sprinkle it over the soil, patting it with my fingers. There. Grow, little mango, grow for papa. I blink, my eyes closed, and carry on listening to the sounds of the temple, thinking about Nanaji and all my ancestors, feeling the rhythms pulling me away into their spirit world. Jivan touches my shoulder and I come back with a start. Shall we get changed? I'm frozen. I pick up the mango pot, nestling it between my hands, and sense a warmth passing through the damp banana leaf. I give it a final sprinkle, wrinkling my nose in pleasure, as the smell of the damp earth reminds me of early morning, walking barefoot with Papa on the grazing pastures. Jivan pulls me to my feet. Hurry up! You look like you've been sleeping! I'm starving. I'm still in a daze as we walk towards a doorway and are greeted by the smells of spiced dal and freshly baked naan. This way, calls a woman, 
Towels are on the side and then you can sit for food over there. Once we're dry, we squeeze between the others and sit cross-legged, eating our food from a chiny talia. My heart feels like it is full of singing birds that will burst into the room at any moment, filling the temple with happiness. I look up towards a small set of windows with carvings of Lord Shiva's story all around them, at the very top of the large hall. Through one of them I can see the tiniest slice of moon hanging in the darkness. It shines onto the mango pot, bathing it in its silvered light. Jivan, look! When we started our journey, the moon was full, and now it's starting out again. Like us! That means we've been away from Mormonali for two whole weeks, he replies, scooping rice into his mouth. Feels like months, though! He shifts his gaze down to my side. So your mango stone sprouted then? What? I pick up the stone, which a moment ago had nothing growing from it, and lift it to the light. That's amazing! It must have been the holy water and all my praying that made it happen. It has a strong green shoot about the size of my finger and two tender fresh leaves either side. Plants store up their energy and then, when the conditions are right, they spring into life. Jivan says, stuffing more food into his mouth. No, Jivan, it was the praying and the water and my nanaji that made it grow so quickly. I can feel a broad grin spreading across my face. It sprouted and that's all that matters. I put the seedling back into the moonlight, its shadow stretching across the marble floor. We'll leave for Zandapur tomorrow. And just think, it's four whole weeks till Diwali, and probably only a few days before we find Papa and bring him home. That'll be amazing, won't it? says Jivan. Just imagine the look on your ma's face when you appear back in Mormonali with your Papa by your side. That was another Tell-A-Tale Pod production. Remember that you can follow, share and find more of our podcasts at tellatalepod.podbean.com